Good morning, everyone from Paloma Media Studios. This is Nancy Rommelman. It is the day before Thanksgiving. It's pie baking day. I will be baking today. I'll be making a, a pecan and a pumpkin. And we can argue about which is better, except pecan is the king of pies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna die on that hill. I thought I would get into the studio this morning and read you something that published a few days ago, sort of the story behind how that little op-ed of mine uh, got into the New York Times. So here we go. Eagle-eyed readers of Paloma Media or the New York Times or both will have noticed an opinion piece. Kenosha, Portland, and the Lies We Must Leave Behind, that published on November 22nd by Paloma Media's Nancy Rommelman, that's me, the lead. On August 25th, 2020, violence was exploding on the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, two days after the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Anyone who'd been paying attention since the killing of George Floyd by the police in Minneapolis on May 25th most likely had one of two reactions. Why is this happening? It's unjustifiable. Or, of course this is happening. It's completely justifiable. The violence in Kenosha was part of a familiar pattern. In cities across America, amid the upswelling of peaceful protest against racism and police brutality, there were repeated episodes of rioting, looting, and vandalism. This pattern was polarizing. Each act of violence, each injured participant or bystander, further entrenched the conviction that something was very, very wrong with the other side. I've written for the Times before, A Modern Love, Taking My Ex Back for His Own Good, and a Lives column, Dazed and Confused about my uh, my uh, woe-begone teenage years, and several times for what I thought was a great photojournalism series for the magazine called What They Were Thinking. But lately, lately I've been more critical of the paper, particularly its handling of the accusations against uh, and the ouster of veteran newsman Donald McNeil Jr., Last Friday, I saw merit in a tweet critical of the paper by former Times woman Nellie Bowles, which I retweeted with opinions as to how the media has often mishandled the issues that so divide us. Um, I've, got, I've got links to all these tweets and everything here uh, at the bottom of this, uh, this little pod. This tweet seemed to touch a nerve. This made sense. We are, as a country, still, ever, arguing about how the news is slanted. But in any case, I didn't think much about the tweet, mostly because the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict was soon released and there were other things to think about and to read. Around 3 p.m., I received an email from an opinion editor at the Times asking if I would consider writing a guest essay, not so much about the Rittenhouse verdict as our views and reactions in the protest environment. Of course I would, and did, turning it in around 6 p.m., I then logged onto Twitter to see that Nicole Hannah-Jones had retweeted my tweet without, let us say, much delight, which I could understand. She and I have lightly knocked heads before, as well as my writing a piece for the Dispatch called Words as Weapons, How Activist Journalists Are Changing the New York Times, that explored what I found to be her less-than-laudatory part in the McNeil affair. Did I that day for a moment wonder, hmm... NHJ is a big cheese at the Times. Maybe my piece goes bye-bye? Well, sure, but this thought is mostly ridiculous, if not narcissistic. It was a massive and for many excruciating news day. The Times employs 4,700 people, and more than anything, I found it positive that I'd been asked to write at all. The ask putting a little bit of the lie to my assumptions about how the Times reports the news, making things less black and white as was the editing experience with people who asked interesting questions and did not try to cant things in any direction. 
That's solid journalism. And to be able to be part of that, I'm always super grateful. Some people inside newsrooms continue to figuratively sharpen their knives, uh, and there is a hyperlink here, guys, uh, in these stabby times. But I've had several people, including one inside the Gray Lady, tell me that their spidey senses detect a sea change away from the stridency and internal policing. We have all been noticing our chips, our chins <laughs> dropping ever closer to the ground. Can it be there's a growing desire about journalistic approaches that are fresher? and messier and less tendentious, ready for the taste of something other than blood? Well, here's hoping, which was basically the gist of my piece. Go read it. I've got links uh, on this um, on this little podcast here. I thank you for listening, guys, in this season of, of hope and gratitude. I wish you all, I wish you all much delicious pie, first and foremost. And um, yeah, happy Thanksgiving.